Gundamaniacs. Welcome to the Gundam Explained Show Live. It is February 22nd, 2024. I'm your host, Adam Blue. And joining is the nicely bearded and mustachioed, uh, what's something I can say that's not offensive but funny? I can't get canceled, but I won't make things awkward. No, I'm just making things awkward. Steven, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. You know, it, it's tough when, when we're kind of on the fly. Sometimes I'm like, ooh, do I try to go with something rhyming like the, uh, what? see, I can't even think of a, a word that rhymes with blue right now. I'm, I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, the sun, I got the studio lights on. Everything in different places, but the sun in Texas is heating everything up. It's making my yeah. room an oven. So I guess it's, it's turning back around. We were complaining about the cold. Now we complain about the heat, but exactly. it's probably going to get cold again. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, right. the, the winters have been a little longer lately. I feel like, you know, it's not until maybe six weeks after the old groundhog sees the shadow that, that we yeah. really start to get. A, I, I would not be surprised if there's another snowfall, at least like in the northeast of the U.S. For, for those of you who are in the U.S., obviously, you know, we're a U.S.-based show, but like. Oh, yeah. Well, no, <laughs> no, even here in Texas, because it is funny how through my life, like. Ice and snow could randomly pop up in March or April for like a week. It's wild. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. So, um, yeah, weather, you know, that's what to talk about. Weather talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but no, we're going to have a cool show today because I really want to jump in to talk about Gundam Breaker for, for a lot of reasons, a lot of different reasons. It has to do with, you know, me as a more recent Gundam fan, but me as a gamer. And then even looking at the landscape of the industry and seeing some of the choices they made with this Gundam Breaker 4 is pretty interesting, positive and negative. Yeah, but, we touched on some, yeah. um, you know, some like initial thoughts and, you know, first reactions yesterday. Oh, but that's I feel right. Like, I feel like we've gotten some new information today that might kind of okay. re recolor our perspective about and let me know if i don't bring it up when we're going through some of the stuff i found but also no, no that's great uh, on your episode yesterday we did that poll maybe i'll remember one but it, it was the it, the idea of it was like what makes a gundam game and i love that idea because i think it's different for everyone and yeah. it was interesting because wasn't it customizing was the top one yeah it, it's really yeah. funny because i think that and I love, honestly, I was kind of poking fun at the chat yesterday, but ultimately these question of the day, question of the week, I guess, technically, since we do these weekly live streams, the question of the day really is an open-ended thing to kind of see where everyone's head is at as a Gundam fan, right? So it's interesting to me that Gundam fans and mecha game fans in general seem to like the idea of customization yeah whereas i feel like you and i come from a place where we're kind of gamers first so when we get into a gundam game we're all more about the systems and mechanics rather than like customizing even though we like that that's just kind of secondary um but yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get more into that here shortly but since you reminded me sort of of the poll i put up a poll are you buying gundam breaker 4 so ooh. I'm curious to see what people say there. And yeah, if I try to answer my own one, it makes me sign in. Oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah. That yeah is. I, honestly, it, if this is not 100% yes, I'm going to be very disappointed in this chat because I don't let's know. Let's be honest. Why, I, why would you watch the well, Gundam explained? Uh, well, okay. No, I want to hear your, your, um, yeah, real quick. I, I, Cause I think 
And it's almost like what I'm going to talk about here in a little bit is how I feel like it's it's a Gundam game. But I think this type of Gundam game kind of shows the divide of the fan base. In a way, but I'll get to that in a second. But I I, the poll is up so far. There's no's just so you know. (laughs) <laughs> um, but anyway. I'm going to start getting in there and with every one of my Google accounts and spamming yeses. <laughs> uh, but no, good to see Johnny Tacoma, Talos Mobius, Barry BB, Classic Quarter Gameplays. Uh, yeah, good to see you guys. Uh, yeah, check out the poll if you haven't. But um, so, um, yeah, before we get into the main topic, if you guys checked it out or didn't or whatever monday i had a video go out where it's one of the the supporter perks so if you're a supporter once a month i'll do a episode of gundam explain that is our special what we call g watch it's like the supporter uh show and it went out monday with ian and ashley and we just talked about seed lore because you know they're into seed more than i am and i just wanted to like kind of talk about it and it was kind of a fun discussion there there's it it reminds me of how much there is to learn about because I'm all into UC, and then it's like, oh, I want to learn seed stuff. It's like, oh, there's all these things I have to remember. And also talking about it, especially with people like Ian and Ashley that really like seed, it kind of it would remind me of certain scenes I saw, and I was like, you know what? That was actually pretty fun. That was actually pretty fun. And so there's redeeming elements to seed. Yeah, for sure. I I watched this this week's this month's G Watch, and I was blown away. Uh, I love Ian and Ashley's takes on everything. And, you know, I really in particular loved the discussion about like the idea of cyber new types in seed. And because, you know, Stella and Shin are kind of like my favorite characters from, from seed destiny because they are the, the Camille and four of, of the seed universe. So, uh, you know, while I understand that not everybody loves Gundam seed, I think that there there's definitely a debt of gratitude from Gundam fans that is owed to the seed universe for really, you know, I, I hate the idea of like, Oh, for modern audiences type thing, but like modernizing the story of Gundam, right? Because you and I have talked about how political and like the manipulation that goes on in seed destiny. That's so oh, yeah. cool to think about. Like, yeah, I don't know. It, it's cool. And and I think you bring up another good point because, yeah, even though I'm not big on the seed and there's some things I dislike, there is this excitement when something new comes out. And when people like it, there's more people getting into it. And that's kind of we'll go into this Gundam Breaker uh, discussion here in a second. Um, and um, but yeah, other than that, on Wednesday, I dropped the Robot Spirits Blue Destiny uh, video. And it was interesting because I did like another iteration of how I do my videos. You know, originally I used to have the green screen type of thing. And then I stopped doing that. And then I had the uh, the table that I had set up in my office and then the little yep. overhead camera. And then I did it different this time where I'm standing and I'm talking sometimes. But I recorded that separately from me unboxing and looking at it. And then I just pieced the audio together. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to streamline that to make it like give it a because there's something it, it, these are small tweaks and i guess we're getting into the the inside, you call baseball. It, inside baseball but yeah like when i'm watching a video there's a lot of times i'm just listening so maybe i don't notice this all the time but when i'm watching it 
if it doesn't have to have expensive looking perfect production value, but it needs to have clear and very warm, like as I'm along for this this video, I want to feel warm. It doesn't need to have any crazy editing, not artistic, but I mean like editing done in a way where it might throw off your vibe for a second. It, little little things I've been trying to think about. Yeah, and, and I I watched um, yesterday's video and I appreciated that it, it reminded me of the video that you did on the Perfect Grade Unleashed Gundam that was like oh yeah yeah um, that was another you know, yeah, yeah I, I loved like sort of the tactile approach where you would kind of show your hands in the shots and things like that yeah um and, and honestly like I said there's not a lot of information and I. I so the thing about like the robot spirits line is I think that it would be more popular if there were more content creators kind of shining a light on those things. And so it's one of the things yeah. that w one of the reasons that we're friends, it, honestly, is that like I respect that that you are one of the few people that's like shining a light on the robot spirits line because everyone knows Gumpla, everyone yeah. reviews Gumpla. You know, we don't we don't need another Gumpla YouTuber. Um guilty but <laughs> but you know i think that the robot spirits line deserves some love and deserves some credit and you know showing off the way that I, I think it's cool that the way the blue destiny can switch between the exam mode and standard mode that's a lot easier than switching out the gumpla the the like little green kit. and red you, headpiece you might have to dismantle what you have done even though it comes with the other pieces you still have to dismantle them to a degree yeah whereas this is yeah. just a quick swap like that's, that's not only that, but I have the Madonna cosplay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but I, I just love because I I happened to buy two Sharzaku twos because one of them a piece went missing and I you know I couldn't handle it. Like every day I'd think uh, that that Zaku two over there is missing a skirt. So one was on yeah it was on sale on Amazon I think like December or something. And luckily, you get extra effect parts. So I was able to use the two here. Um, so, yeah. Very yeah. cool. This is the review that went up um, Wednesday. But next week will be the review of this one. Now, that is that is a kid I can get behind. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is really cool. And I also, what's funny is for this one, I also um, did the Gumpla where I went all out. I painted, I uh, top coated. So I'm going to also do the comparison and that's, and that's like the, the interesting thing in that video when I compared my fully built and customized, but when I say customized, it's more of, I did the panel or detailed up. I, we should, yeah, De yeah my detailed, detailed up that's version way of putting it. <laughs> where it, it looked better on the surface than the robot spirits, but really it's because it, it's interesting how much the high grade is kind of its own thing. It even included the high grade includes manga pieces along with the video game adaptation. But even then you, there's still certain, we talk about differences between certain things that are the same sometimes. And that's definitely yeah. the case um, here, but um, yeah, I, I think that's fun. That's a fun thing. I don't know how it's, how f interesting it is to others, but I love, for some reason, I love comparing a detailed up model kit to a robot spirits. It's like, can I make a premium action figure? You know, I don't know. It's maybe, you know, <laughs> especially when it's a a kit that doesn't have a robot spirits variant. That's why I got. Yeah, the I have them back there. My blue destiny a freak in the first place was, well, there's no robot spirits. I love those. So it's crazy that they're coming out with these. 
in the robot spirits line. And like you were bringing up how there's not that many people that cover these figures online or, yeah. it, and so I'm like surprised too, like that this line is popular, I guess it keeps going. They keep coming out with like newer ones and they keep reiterating on the engineering to make them better and adding more effect pieces. And it's like, this must be successful. Um, yeah, I mean, even what was it? Was it last month or was it in December that we were talking about the S Gundam and like the the option parts for it oh, and yeah, how yeah. how those were previously released as individual sets, but now they're coming out as uh, yeah, well, well. I guess probably the pre orders done now, but they they yeah. came out as a as a two piece. Yeah, which it's, again, another thing they they keep re releasing this stuff like the the longer. I've been as a new Gundam fan into the collecting and wanting things. I noticed that they do recycle the releases. They try to make it even to have other things come out, um, mm -hmm. which is cool. Um, okay. So another thing uh, I, because uh, I want to talk about some video game stuff. So uh, I think I was talking on here for a while. Like I've been playing some Castlevania games. I yeah. Symphony of the night, like a Metroid month ago. Dread. What's that? Oh, yeah. Metroid, Metroid Dread. Dread. Yeah. So then I started Order of Ecclesia. And while I was playing that, I also started Metroid Dread. Because I was like, I don't know. I didn't want to, since I'm playing Castlevania games back to back, I didn't want to burn myself out. But I wanted to play Castlevania. So, like, you know, the Metroid was the uh, palate cleanser. But within my run of Order of Ecclesia, which is over 80 hours, I beat Metroid Dread in like seven hours. And it, <laughs> it, that was like one of the best, I guess, tests in a way to like really see what I like from a game. And for me, that Metroid Dread was like a, let's just remake the Super Nintendo one real quick on a small budget. And that's what it felt like. And and a lot of times in the game, um, and I was actually talking to Atronimus about this the other day, actually. In the game, they have the Emmys. They're like the little... It, it, it's almost like they're mini-bosses. So what the game does is it pads the timing by having these puzzle sections where you have to escape the Emmy. And then there's bosses where you just have to repeat until you remember their patterns so that you can get around them. So I realized I spent most of the time doing that stuff and not like exploring and being like, whoa, where am I? What is this place? Because even the level design was just polygon slapped together this like it was like planet nefaria planet zybon planet <laughs> it's like or places it's like none of this it, there was no like contextual like feeling for me to be in this world yeah it was just sure. all arbitrary randomness um i think people have talked about that in the realm of like filmmaking in addition to game game design and game development as well is like you know, when you look at, say, for instance, like the Witcher series on Netflix, like you really don't get a sense of where you are from the visuals. Like everything is kind of and this is why the first season of The Witcher was so confusing for people is there was like, wait, there's time skips going on. And like, wait, where are we? Why is this happening? Wait, is this part of this kingdom? But you compare that to like the first season of Game of Thrones and it's like every time you are in King's Landing, you have this rich, warm light that's yellow and like everyone's really bright and everything's warmer. But when you go to like, uh, what is it? Um, Winterfell, Winterhold, 
Winter holds yeah. Skyrim. Winterfell is uh, <laughs> is Game of Thrones. That's but you know, it's like it's blues and whites and like everything's toned down. This uh, the saturation of the, the the colors is reduced, and so you really get a visual cue of where you are based on the the way that everything looks. And I think that video games need to do the same thing in in a way where it's like you create these contexts of like, okay, I know I'm on planet Nefaria because of, you know, these particular enemies that are around and yeah. these are the colors that I see and things like that. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting because I wonder if the creators of the Witcher on Netflix, which I didn't watch cause I'm not into Witcher or anything. I, I played the games are pretty fun, but um, I wonder how much they're in. I know like they say they're into the books, but I wonder how much, or yeah, it could be the books or the game where, it's like the approach you take to an adaptation. Are they like, hey, let's throw in these sequences? So, like, assuming people know the world and then they're just seeing the things to be like, oh, yes, there's that, there's that. Whereas you get someone brand new into it and they're mm-hmm. going to be like, I don't, I can't really see the connection here. Kind of like the difference between like the Final Fantasy Rebirth or Final Fantasy 16, whatever the last one was. There you go. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think that, well, and this is, man, we've got to get you on Lord of the Rings because you would appreciate this so much. The fact that each of the sort of regions in Lord of the Rings have their own soundtrack and their own score associated with them. When you're in the Shire and you have like this greenery and you're in the fields and plains, it's like, But then, you know, you get out to the fields of Rohan and everything's yellow because they grow a lot of wheat. They've got horses out there. And then you get the like dramatic. So, yeah, another great way of separating regions where it's like you, you can create an atmosphere using all five senses, I guess, except smell and taste, because it would be weird if you licked your TV. But But yeah, I mean, I I think that that's something that video games need to do a, a better job of, you know, I'm glad you brought up the music thing in Lord of the Rings. Cause I always, I feel like that's what gets me. Like that's, what's crazy. You know, like, do you ever just, I don't know if, if this happens much anymore. You go randomly meet people or you like introduce someone, you have some light conversation, maybe it's a work meeting. And they go, what music do you listen to? Like soundtracks. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, well, if it's since August of last year, I listened to Castlevania. Like I, I was just looking like, I literally just listened to Castlevania soundtracks all the time. And it's, it, but I think that's important because that's part of the element of that world building. So you telling me Lord of the Rings actually keeps that in mind, which could have been a Peter Jackson thing. Like that's just what he, you know, he knows how to do atmosphere. That's horror. Yeah. You know, he, he did dead alive, which I love where it was goofy horror. He knew how to balance that tone. Um, and Sam Raimi is another good example. He knows yeah, how to absolutely. use music. He knows how to balance tone. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. They need Sam Raimi to do more stuff. Uh, that yeah, I, uh, did you hear Gareth Edwards doing a Jurassic Park movie? No, I didn't hear about yeah. that. That's, that sounds pretty cool. I, to me, that's perfect. Like, even though I feel at the end of the day, Gareth Edwards movies don't do the perfect job of like of uh, tying up the character art to be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. It's usually just like, oh okay, the characters went through the motions. It's more he's more of like gi- giving you a world. So I'm yeah. I'm ready for a Jurassic Park like that, and I, I can just think of the Godzilla 2014. If there's a God, if there's a Jurassic Park movie like the Godzilla movie, 
I, I think that'd be great. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I guess where do you go with Jurassic Park? Because and I'll tell you, you, I was just about to say, because think of it. Think of a Jurassic <laughs> World movie where there there's an attack of dinosaurs, but the the film never sets a scene where we're seeing something happen to the dinosaurs. The, the film, it would be like the Dawn of the Dead remake, where it starts where the people are just doing their thing, and then all of a sudden, like, power's out, internet, some stuff's going on, people talk about animals escaping from the zoo, and slowly and slowly you start, people start realizing there's, what are there, creatures or monsters? No, it's dinosaurs. <laughs> and then by the end, the T-Rex is roaming, like, a downtown area or something. Right, and by then it's too late, like, the damage has been done. And I love... Of- that the conflict of the humans is the people just wanting to stop them, the dinosaurs, and then people that are like, no, this is our responsibility. We need to capture them and take care of like in, I, yeah, I, I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Dynamic there. Um, but yeah, so um, wow. That was a great little rabbit hole. We jumped down. Cool there. Segue. <laughs> but you know, just, just really get back though. I was just, um, yeah, I beat uh, yeah order of Ecclesia actually just this morning. I, was having the hardest time with Dracula for about a week. And then I like maxed a whole bunch of these things. I grind that game's a grind fest. I grinded all this yeah. stuff and then I killed him without getting hit in like without moving actually. Cause I just <laughs> initiated my, <laughs> my specials. Cause I maxed everything. <laughs> I was like, there we go. Dracula, you're dead now. <laughs> Suck it, Dracula. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I that that seems to be kind of a similar theme across Castlevania games, right? Is like the grind. Um, although there is like some neat features, like the whole you know playing the castle inverted and things like that. But like aside from that, it really is grinding out until you're a yeah, high enough level that you can merc the bosses. I feel like Symphony of the Night did it the the best. Although I'm I'm replaying them to really figure it out. Order of Ecclesia was like super grindy. It, well, yeah. the game was teaching you to just play good, but if you wanted special weapons, you had to grind. Like that's gotcha. kind of like what it was going for, which was kind of a neat balance. Um, and um, and then so I checked out um, the Grand Blue Fantasy Relink is the name of it. It's like um, an RPG, it, and I that. Like Grand Blue Fantasy, I guess, is a franchise. They have a few other games, a 2D fighter. It's interesting how it plays. It plays like, I would say, Bayonetta in a party system because you have multiple characters because it's really just like attack, 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 the right triggers to dodge. So you're just like dodging attack. So it has a cool combat system. Um, It is a bit grindy because there was a boss where, I think it was yesterday morning, like before the kids went to school, and I had started my work day. I was like trying to play the boss and my son was watching me and I was like, Oh, do we have enough time? And <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, Those are fun games though, because it's like, you know, the, there are certain games that are designed to be difficult and, you know, make you feel like you're inferior and that you really accomplish something powerful, like, you know, a souls game or like an Elden ring type type game. But then there are those kind of, you know, slash them up games that really just make you feel like a badass, And that's, well, sounds like what brings us to the next topic. <laughs> no, but so I wasn't we, even trying with that one. <laughs> <laughs> but you knew, you know, I don't know. Uh, no, but Gunner Breaker Four. So, so that's the th- thing. So, Gunner Breaker Four was just announced Nintendo Direct yesterday. Um, which it's actually cool to see something like that in 
a Nintendo Direct. Like that's smart on Bandai's part to do that. But yeah, it, so it's going to be on Switch, PlayStation, and PC, specifically Steam. So not Epic Store, not Xbox, PC, and not Xbox. So a couple mm-hmm. things. We're going to get into some different elements of this game, but the first thing I wanted to talk about was its release. I think it was a mistake not to release on Xbox, but one of my thoughts is it's because their plan is to release it on Game Pass. And now this, I have, I wouldn't even bet on that. I'm just guessing they would release it on Game Pass. So they wouldn't announce it for sale because they, Bandai would want to make sure they can get their sold in units first. Like it, like, um, uh, cause they got the pre-orders or the special edition. That's only, Switch and PlayStation, not PC. So that's another weird element because we're like, okay, they're going all in on physical, but only Switch and PlayStation. And and the other interesting thing about that is, you know, a lot of times the way the industry works, if people haven't noticed by now, is usually people that cover the industry or people that are part of the industry have no idea what to do or what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like really, so when people say, "Well, true. this is what this," it's like, "No, we really don't know." I think that the best thing to look at is like monthly active usage. That's how I look at it. And- That's a very good, uh, I think, indicator because I mean, even compared to total sales, total sales doesn't really tell you how interested people were in the game because you know it could have a really good trailer and you get a lot of sale, a lot of pre-orders, and then once the game hits, you know nobody's playing it anymore i think um in the chat earlier uh talos our mutual friend (laughs) said that uh there was someone who he shall not name who said that gb uh gundam breaker 4 looks bad (laughs) Uh, well Um, even though we haven't even seen enough to judge whether it's good or bad that's what's interesting because even when i looked at it now this was based on the switch trailer but then they've Mm -hmm. released like just general trailers it doesn't seem to have the the look on Gundam Breaker 3 and New Gundam Breaker, which seem to add some sort of like soft bloom effect like around the polygons that almost kind of gave more depth to it. Like the yeah. lighting was also really well. This seemed to be missing that, and it could be because we were seeing Switch versions being showed, or it could just be because we're seeing this footage this way. Right. You know, pre-alpha versions like who knows whether this is even close this is just an announcement i mean we haven't even seen like a legit gameplay trailer we've seen like some gameplay but yeah i would not even consider that a gameplay trailer what we've seen so far and not even a release date right no release date yeah yeah and and what's interesting is this game was actually supposed to come out last year now i don't Mm. know that 100 percent, but the things i've heard made it sound yeah. like this was a game that was supposed to come out last year. It got pushed due to a lot of factors. Um, so that, yeah, a lot of moving parts. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think it's interesting. Physical release, Switch and PlayStation. Not only physical release, but a special edition that comes with, or collector's edition that comes with a Gunpla that actually looks pretty cool. It's this uh, Gun Barrel Strike Gundam. And I say it looks cool because it like gives off like a 90s vibe. Yeah, I, I saw someone on Twitter say that it looked like one of those 90s cups with yeah. like the purple and pink swirl on it. That's... Or the background of the photos the people would take <laughs> or something like that. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. 
I, in uh, digital soundtrack to me, that's really cool. Cause a lot of times I'll play a Gundam game and the music's really good. It's like, Oh, how can I get this music somehow, you know, to listen to if it's not Spotify or YouTube. Um, yeah. Steel book. Um, now it says it comes with the game, but I'm curious if that's really the game or a download. <laughs> I, I, I want to find out when that, <laughs> when it comes out actually. Um, yeah, you know, that's one of the kind of disappointing things about physical media nowadays. And, and we talked about this yesterday, as you mentioned that like most of these, most of these discs that you get don't actually contain any game data on them, which is right. unfortunate. And you can understand why, like, it's yeah. nice that you can obviously get the most up-to-date version of the software, even if you're using an outdated version of the disc. But personally, like, sometimes you want the outdated version of the software. Like if there's bugs or yeah. something in there that you like. <laughs> exactly. That that's, that's what's cool too. And like, I, you know, I've gotten to a point in my life where I don't fear not being able to ever play a certain game. I want a certain way just because my son was able, my youngest was able to figure out how to play any season of Fortnite online with people and with any skin. And it's like, so if you want access to the content, there's ways to do it. You know? Yeah. It's, so, and I forgot to mention something going back with the Xbox thing. The, the reason I brought up that active uh, monthly users is because technically active monthly users on Xbox platforms is higher than PlayStation. A lot mm -hmm. of that has to do with PC, but it's also because there's a difference between people that buy a console and people that are actually playing, you know, again, and so exactly. there's like a better metric to use. And, and that's why I, I'm disappointed that Bandai isn't putting, if it's not going to, if they're not doing the strategy to make it on Game Pass later, and that's why they're not announcing it, I'm disappointed they didn't put it on Xbox because there's people ask for Gundam games on Xbox. And yeah. we've got SD that's Gundam Battle Alliance. And I think yeah. this is one of those things where, um, you know, and talos in chat is being very diplomatic i will be less diplomatic um <laughs> so there are certain people who think that the decision to use the unreal engine for gundam games going forward is a mistake or maybe it is indicative of the quality of the game that, that's being put out so like for instance uh ollie barter of forbes pointed out that Gundam Breaker 4 is going to be using Unreal Engine the way that new Gundam Breaker did. And therefore, because it's the same development team, because it's the same engine, it's going to be a bad game. I disagree with that for a number of reasons, because obviously we've seen games from the Unreal Engine that are Gundam games that were fun. I mean, Battle Alliance was was amazing. Like yeah. now, would that game have been received differently if it weren't SD? Maybe, probably. I think you and I have kind of made that point, beat that horse yeah. well, well into the yeah, ground. But uh, one of the things that's amazing about Unreal Engine and and Unity and those sort of like open source um, engines that that you can develop games on is that porting them becomes much more easy than when you are working with proprietary software and you're working in systems that don't play well with other systems. And so one of the things that, like you said, your theory about it coming out on Game Pass makes a lot of sense to me because, A, it would be easy to port to Xbox just by the nature of Unreal Engine. And B, the, we, we've talked about this in the past, is Gundam games typically fall under that double A category. Right. And so yeah. Microsoft knows that 
a Gundam game is not going to sell very high in pre-orders, but their Game Pass audience would probably play it. And so I'm sure that Bandai Namco would would more than likely have a clause in any licensing agreement where it's like, if we're going to come out on your platforms, we need to make sure that we get the pre-order sales first and then you can release it on Game Pass. And Yeah, no, that's, yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, that makes me think, what if Microsoft, what if it was Microsoft that's like, yeah, we're not going to really pay to have this on Game Pass. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah that's a really good point. I, and, you know, something else I want to bring up is Andreas was saying PS5 still give you the game on disc and like Xbox, but I think what, what's happening is the disc, a lot of cases, the disc is the signifier to the server that then it can start downloading the data. Um, yeah. I, and I think it really, some of it, it has to do to the size. Cause some games, like I think Jedi survivor, they're like too big for discs or something. And so it has to be a download. Um, it's definitely worker. a case by case basis, like case by case. Yeah. And I think it's just going that direction because the disc format, what other, what other media uses the disc format regularly? It's everything else is pretty much gone. She's games, but it's just because that right now that's the, the, I guess the easiest way to secure a game, but you can't really anymore. Hey, yeah. God bless Nintendo for sticking with cartridges. Like, I know, I know. I, well, and I think you can do more fun things with cartridges. Like, I think I just saw a YouTube video the other day. Someone converted a Breath of the Wild cartridge into an LED light-up Master Sword. Now, it's totally impractical because it's like you're playing it on the Switch and you've yeah. got this Master Sword sticking out of the side of it. But, like... That's cool stuff that you can't yeah. do with a disc. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I, I like the cartridge format. Um, I, I think the rumors are even for the Switch too. It's also still going to use cartridges. Like, I, yeah. Like, I wonder if we would see games try to support another format before becoming completely digital. Like, is there some other practical, physical? I don't know. Um, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, kind of going back to this, there's also for the Gun and Breaker, it has like the early unlock. So recirculation color plus six builder parts. So I guess if you've pre-ordered it early, you get some stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Showing Nothing it right from here. Zeta, which, which I was very disappointed to hear. But like, just say what? Nothing from Zeta. Oh, that's part of the. Yeah. yeah, n- yeah. None of the, none of the pre-order bonuses. I think you get like a double Zeta full armor. There's like a victory Gundam thrown in there, I think. Some oh, yeah. parts for the victory Gundam. But yeah, no Zeta. No Zeta. Yeah, that is that is a bit strange. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't get it. And to be honest, I can fully, I guess, assume Bandai is making mistakes just by looking at Gundam Evolution. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, I could be here right now and say, this idea is a mistake and be potentially right. Yeah. I mean, well, that, that would make you, that would make you a Twitter user. I think (laughs) (laughs) Bandai Um, is obviously screwing up because they're doing X, Y, and Z. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I can't help but feel that, you know, even just the fact that we're getting Gundam breaker four and not new Gundam breaker two indicates to me that, Bandai knows what they're doing. Exactly. There's a degree of like a degree where they know like what to listen to. Um, it, and, and something that's really cool too, is that, you know, it comes with the, the season pass, um, which 
if I look at like previous Gundam games that it comes to DLC, I think it, they're pretty good with it. Like SD Gundam Battle Alliance really came out with a bunch of stuff. It came out with just some random maps and then it came out with like grind maps for the purpose, <laughs> like with G Generation yeah. Genesis, it came out with the Haro maps so you can just grind. So I, I appreciate exactly. their DLC. Now, this is interesting though. They have a season pass for story mission DLC. So this is one of the things that you and I kind of speculated on just in private is like, what is the story of, of Gundam breaker four going to be? Yeah. All I know about Gundam breaker is I press start to skip on Gundam breaker three. And then the mobile game, like you had to sit through these anime people talking to each other, which now, which anime waifu did you choose? Because you do have to make those decisions between what is it like Rin? And uh, to me, Rin was the obvious choice. Wow. You're, doing great i don't i didn't even i don't even remember i had a choice it was probably a brunette yeah you know, probably brunette yeah knowing how i am but i uh um, i look for the weird hair colors because those are usually the cyber new types so. oh yeah yeah <laughs> or they'll have some sort of like trauma that um comes about in the show or some art <laughs> yeah um no but yeah Though that that's interesting i think i'm gonna take that more seriously uh, at first like i will like SD Gun and Battle Alliance, I did just skip all the story. Like, I like <laughs> press the button when you see like the girls talking to Haro, and it's like, da, 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 and well, it's so interesting because there are dialogue choices where it's like, okay, well, and and I, maybe this is a failing of most Gundam video games is that the dialogue choices really don't impact the gameplay whatsoever. Yeah, I think the only Gundam games where your dialogue di- dialogue choices matter are the Gundam Dynasty Warriors games. Like in oh yeah, That's in right. Gundam Dynasty Warriors two, you had like friendship meters with particular characters, and like that was how you would unlock like being a cyber new type. Yeah, so that'd be interesting if something like that happens in here. Which I, you know, I'm I'm hopeful that because you know I've played a degree of three Gundam Breaker three, and it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have just been like it's too late. I'm already into more modern games. That's a grindy game. Um, the another thing is this diorama thing going on because they're gonna have that photo mode, which I think is a, a good idea. Where whatever you make, you have this like place where you can like set it up with other things and take some pictures. Yeah. I think that's well, kind of like a precursor to what could be. Let, let's be honest. The core gameplay loop of a Gundam Breaker game is building your your gunpla and then taking cute pictures of it. Like yeah. okay. the the gameplay, like and and you and I have had this conversation, and we're probably going to get you know uh, crucified for it. But it's like the gameplay in Gundam Breaker games is really never exactly. I'm glad you brought it up because that's <laughs> kind of where I am with my clickbaity title of this, where I was like. A new Gundam Breaker 4, but I don't care. And I put don't, you know, like, because the idea is I don't think if I wasn't, if I liked Gundam, but I wasn't, yeah, I don't know. I think I would be curious, but I already know what the combat is like. And it's not my type of thing because on one hand, it's more on the grindier side, which that's a cool YouTube and chill type of game where you could just listen to podcasts and just grind. So there's that. Sure. Um, yeah, but it's the grind and the actual mechanics. So the system it uses to do combat, it's, you know, from what I remember from three, it's, you know, you have your various attacks that you can use. You can use them in sequences 
or combos, but they're, you know, combo light. Um, and yeah. then you also have your like specials that recharge and then you use. So it's, it's more of a round robin of, okay, this attack, this attack, this attack. Like and, a dynasty warriors game, you know, yeah, you, just you're, you're attack. just mashing X slash, 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 heavy attack special slash and, slash slash heavy attack special <laughs> and then sometimes it's like oh i gotta dodge or i gotta use this attack specifically like there's those occasions um yeah because yeah. playing three i played three again not too long ago and i just remember it was gr- grinding away at a boss you know and it was it, yeah. it reminds me of the grand blue, grand blue fantasy relink and i think that's just a a property of a lot of japanese action games where they are grindy you know or i'm saying grindy from the perspective of a westerner that plays video games but in japan it could be like it's just that's for japanese gamers that's just the method of a lot of hitting i guess (laughs) yeah because i think um you know if you go back to sort of the the early days of gaming the way of extending gameplay was to either make it more difficult so that you know kids would keep cranking quarters into the machine and you know that that obviously makes more money for the game or you know you create a gameplay loop that makes you want to replay the same content over and over again and that's really what what gundam breaker does is it's like well if i need to farm parts i know that i need to go to this mission i need to keep playing this mission over and over and have you heard if there's multiplayer I, I haven't because I think that's uh, and I want to see maybe three might have had a component of multiplayer. I think maybe someone in the I chat might did. be able to and and maybe that's where the fun is, you know, like I and I haven't yeah. really thought about that. So maybe once a bunch of us have it, we jump in play. Oh, yeah. Alter saying. Yep. And uh, there you go. Talos is backing that up with. Uh, yeah. Three people co-op. So that's actually cool. I wonder if that kind of changes things, especially when it's a game that you don't, uh, I don't know, because I've been playing Helldivers, even with Talos a lot lately, and it's yeah. like, we don't really have time to chat about other stuff. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, but I, I think a Gundam Breaker 4 is going to be a game where you will have time to chat, and that might be a fun part of it. Like, oh, look, we're going yeah. up against a Devil Gundam. Oh, look, I got this part, you know. It's um, it's like a little party game type yeah. deal, I think, for sure. Because w- the difference between, say, that and 0081, which also has three-player multiplayer, you know, I, I don't think that we had a lot of time to chat while we were playing that. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're like, oh, my God, these, you know, we're trying to defend these Samson trucks yeah. from these Zakus. And it's like. <laughs> that's 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 interesting. And, and that's, why again, where I go back to my feeling with Gunderbreaker 4 is it's not my type of game, but because it's Gundam and it's decent, it's it, it's like it's not it's not bad. It's enjoy- yeah. I will have fun playing it, but that's not what I wanted out of a Gundam game. And this kind of goes back to your poll yesterday, where I'm not in it for the customizing. I want to feel like I am operating a giant mech and I'm in a war. You know, right? Um, that's that's kind of what I want from it, but. Um, but this is this goes back to sort of the conversation that we've had with uh, New Type Seiji and uh, our mutual friend Shirtlad actually dropped a video recently kind of discussing all of the previous Gundam games that never got a Western port. And, you know, just the just the nature of, the, you know, when people say that there's like not enough Gundam games out there, there really are. If you are willing to look for them and you're willing to kind of get outside your comfort zone. And so 
even though Gundam Breaker 4 is not something that you or I personally are about, we're both going to play it. And I know personally at least 100 people that wanted this game because I think countless polls have been like, I either want Gundam Breaker 3 remastered or a Gundam Breaker 4 get away from new Gundam Breaker, obviously. Yeah. But like there is a large audience that is already committed to this game, um, regardless of you and I having negative opinions about it. Exactly. Which again, as I think is good, it's good for the brand. Even Andreas is bringing it up. Gundam Breaker is a Gumpla game, not really a Gundam game. I like that. I like that's really well. That that goes into what uh, you were suggesting earlier that there really are. Well, you know, there's there's a lot of different kinds of Gundam fans, but you really can cut the Gundam fandom in half, right? Yep. Yeah. It's either you're in for the world, or you like to build. Like I think that's kind of what it is. And um, you know, I love the world, so I love watching the shows, listening to the music, uh, playing the games. But a game like Gundam Breaker is not putting me in the Gundam world, but like I did with Gundam Breaker 3, I went and did everything I could to get a badass Mark 2. Like that, you know, I didn't play too far into it, so it was like the earliest cool suit I liked to get all the parts for, but I got to do what you talked about. Remember all the different thin funnels or whatever that you had? Oh, yeah. I mean, like I created a lot of different, you know, builds that I thought were cool, but were not like optimized for the game. So obviously I had like a bunch of different Zeta variants. I had a purple Zaku that had Zazabi's funnels, but ultimately I would just cruise through the game with Kshatriya wings and Zazabi funnels and like a couple of those like little modular machine guns. And it was just like, you know, it, that's part of what I mean when I say that the gameplay isn't particularly exciting with Gundam breaker titles is that you can really cheese it if you wanted to. Um, at that point, Gundam breaker mobile was actually kind of cool. The fact that you had an auto mode, it's like, if you just did the build, right, you could just skip through anything. Yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, get some good points. I, I, I am going to be interested to know what this release date is because there's other, like I'm curious about what the summer Gundam movie or show release is going to be, if that's going to happen or they're just going to wait to the fall for, um, uh, Requiem. Requiem for vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. So, which and I wonder, also being produced in unreal engine. So yeah, I think oh, it would be very cool if in Gundam breaker four, you get parts to the Gundam and to the Zaku from, yeah. Oh, they're gonna, they've that. already got the 3d models. See, that is the right thing to do. I bet they're going to do it. And that's what will make it exciting for me because this will be my opportunity and maybe for others too. Like, oh, this is a way I can get a good look at it and maybe use it in battle. Then people can start talking online about, well, this is this powerful because in Gunna Breaker 4, you can use the mag. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> I don't like that this Gundam has red eyes and it looks, it's too white. It doesn't look right. It's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, but okay. And then, real quick on that subject. And I don't know if anyone in chat happens to know um, if any of this. So we had, yeah, the Seed movie come out in January. Requiem for Vengeance is this fall. Anything else? I think there's the the VR because it's a VR show or movie. That's the thing. It's not like a game. Uh, and, and so then I wonder, would I would think Gundam Breaker 4 would be a summer release. Yeah, because um, we haven't heard anything about Hathaway 2. Exactly. And I thought that would be a summer release, but, and so, 
so here's what I would think. Like they would then release whatever, if a movie would come out this summer. And I, th- I would guess, cause I think this happened with SD gun and battle Alliance. They announced the game and then later they announced it coming out in August. So I, that might be what they're going to do here. And then I, I would hope then coinciding with the release date announcement is Hathaway 2 DLC or Requiem for Vengeance DLC with the Requiem for Vengeance date. If they want to synergize, yeah. <laughs> that would be the way exactly. To and and that's one of the, I think, you know, if you and I offer any critique of the way that Bandai Namco kind of goes about the way that they manage their, their various properties is that that they really don't have that synergistic approach between the gaming content, the film content, the Gumpla. It's like, you know, you have like eight MS team robot spirits coming out when Witch for Mercury is airing. And like, you know, I, I think that one of the things that, you know, going back to a, a topic from a couple of live streams ago, when we were talking about live service games, the Avengers game, was very good about tying in to whatever was currently on Disney plus. And oh, it's yeah. like, Oh, you know, Shang-Chi just came out on Disney plus. So here, you know, Shang-Chi skin or whatever. Uh, if, if Bandai were to start doing that more effectively with Gundam, I think they got into it a little bit when they dropped the GM gather road in yeah. GBO two, mm-hmm. but Gundam breaker four, I think provides a better, base for that because obviously it's not tied to uc the way that gbo2 is so you can throw in things from different universes if they do drop a dubbed version of the seed freedom movie you can drop those those mobile suits into gundam breaker 4 and like have these kind of coordinated marketing almost, uh, crossovers yeah you, you bring up a good idea almost making gundam breaker 4 like the current hub of when you want to get into gundam interactively you would go into here and, and that, I mean, that explains why mobile was shut down, you know, yep. um, because you know, the, this game, um, something, something funny alter saying is, yo, can we get a full episode of Adam and Steven during the, doing the geek <laughs> for the full hour? And I, I think that's hilarious. I love acting like that, but what's funny is alter does an excellent George Costanza. And like, <laughs> if we were to do this, we would need the George Costanza there to kind of help bring the yeah. chaos. No, see, what you need to do is you need to super chat in what you want Adam and I to say, and then specify <laughs> what voice you want us to say it in. And that then we can't say no, because <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Uh, yeah, I got to I got to do the voices. More. We live in a colony, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I said, why don't why did I say Jeremy instead of Jerry? <laughs> oh, it sounded like Jerry, so good on you. Oh, no, but no, the, the voice acting stuff is so funny. I I sometimes like daydream that I'm voice acting because it seems like such a fun way to act, but you don't have to worry about what your face looks like. You know, yeah. When I'm doing like my Batman impressions, I have to contort my face in such a way <laughs> to allow just that little amount of air to have that deep look. And I appreciate seeing when voice actors, like when you see them in the booth and it's like Mark Hamill obviously did a great job of like, you know, getting over the top with his Joker in, oh, I uh, love, that. In I love doing anime. Joker also. Uh, I'll have to do it someday. <laughs> I, I love because Joker and here's, here's what's crazy for me. Joker in Pee Wee, the Mark Hamill Joker in the Pee Wee Herman do the same thing where they do, where they totally elevate 
like where they talk kind of normal and then they do it really high and then they bring it like and i i learned how to do joker by trying to do peewee <laughs> by imitating peewee because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's almost like you're having to at will like open and close your throat a certain way to get those higher pitch or the lower yeah it's that's true i mean fun. but but i i have a hard time imagining like the joker saying to batman something like you know Let's guess what today's secret word is today, Batman. Scream real loud. <laughs> but, but it would totally work. You would have an episode where, like, what, Batman steals a Joker's bike because maybe it's a weapon of mass destruction. But Joker's just like, I want my bike back. And he's like, I'll get you, Batman. And, and then it's, he's going through the whole, you know. Thing. Joker, there's no basement at the Alamo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I got to practice these voices more because that could turn these podcasts into hilarious, hilarious oh, sound yeah. bites. I'm going to have Absolutely. to get sound bites out of this. I mean, that would just make the show ridiculous at that point. We wouldn't even be talking about Gundam anymore. It would just be a series of <laughs> goofy impressions. Uh, which almost seems like it happens because the Gundam news it's sometimes light, even though this Gundam Breaker 4 news was something, it was like the something to talk about. <laughs> and, and, you know, it was wild because I think you had like a solid four to six hours of everyone was super excited about Gundam Breaker 4. And then uh, Ollie Barter wrote his piece in Forbes. And then I got like nothing but notifications in my Discord about people complaining about it. Like, it's not Garen's greed. And I'm like, well, that, what? So you're saying, because we were talking about this earlier, are you saying it's because almost like with someone that has a wide following, when something is put out there on the internet, sometimes people will then just group think accepting it? And then they're like, I I think that it goes both ways. It's like you have people that are group think accepting it and enthusiastic about it. And then there's people that are group think hating on it without any reason to, it's like, no. Well, I meant group think accepting what, someone is saying you know oh, like yeah for because ali barters is that one where when it comes to mecca japanese pop culture especially around mecca i mean he, and he's right about stuff like his favorite um animes that uh a blue lasner i forget the actual name of it and i watched some of it and it's actually great like oh here we go <laughs> oh shout quarter. out to uh, classic quarter gameplays yeah. okay let's see can you do garen ran gx voice he <laughs> he Hello, rock on. Double X is always my fave, and MS08 always breakers are sweet. Like to see a game on. Oh, yeah. Uh, MS08, 08 MS team or After War, like Gundam X. Is that what he's talking about? As a game? Yeah. Okay. Now, well, what's I, Garen? I don't know Garrett, Garrett Rand's voice in the GX. Oh, Garrett from, Fr- from Gundam X. From, okay. Let me, let me watch that again, and I could probably, I could probably. Uh, come up with something yeah okay okay thanks classic quarter gameplays i owe you i am going to come back next week the entire show is going to be me as garrett no, <laughs> you, you, be- you better well you know it's interesting because a lot of people talk about like you know um the voice of particular characters like in uh double zeta you know you don't really have a a canon voice in english of judo ashta but i i will say that the voice in i I don't remember well i would say that the voice in dynasty warriors gundam is probably the the canon uh judo ashta voice okay i see what you're saying i remember you were telling me about that like that's the only place that they really got 
an English, like a real canon English. Well, he's also in Gundam versus Zeta Gundam. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? I, what I tend to do, especially when it's like Japanese, um, and you know, Ian, Armad Ian, he's good at this too, but it's like you can take tonally what they're saying in Japanese and still do it. So I'm going to try to do that with, with Garrett. Um, Garrett ran. Yeah, yeah, he's real good with uh, – Ian is good at um, – what's the guy from OHMS team? Sh- uh, Shiro. Shiro oh, Mata. Shiro. Yeah, yeah, he does a good Shiro Mata. Um, well, okay, you know what? That's um, – yeah, that's about it. Uh, yeah, stay tuned for next week where I try to sound like Garrett. So uh, that should <laughs> yeah, go cheers. well. Thank you, Classic Quarter Gameplays. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's going to be fun. That gives me an assignment, but um, – yeah, thanks yep, for everyone that weekend. joined. Um, Steven, anything anything we missed? Anything we didn't cover? No, no. Today was a fun, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I, we're talking games, a little bit of movie talk in there. That's how it goes. But everyone, thanks for all that uh, joined. Have a good weekend, and we'll talk later. <laughs>